Hey, so I am so excited uh, for this new series, and I'm hopefully going to be able to, to take some of my excitement and put it on you guys as we start this thing. I may have saw the banner on the way in. We're going to start a new series called I'm In. I'm In as a church, and I've been talking about it. And so for the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at what it means to own the mission and vision of Christ the King Church. Uh, we're going to be looking at these six core principles uh, that we have as, as Christians, those that call ourselves Christians, and what it means to own the mission and vision, specifically even here at CTK Sudden Valley. Uh, this series as a whole will be a, a, a big step for us, both personally as we engage with God on it, uh, as to what it means to be a Christian, but also what it means to be a part of CTK Sudden Valley, us being a relatively small church, uh, in relationship to the larger, big church, the church. Larger than even the Christ the King Network, but just being a part of the entire church as a whole. Uh, this will push us to be very intentional at the ideas that we're going to be looking at. And I feel with these uh, core principles, it will be so important for us to have uh, an opportunity to grow uh, in, in many different ways. Many different ways. This, this series being the start of it, some group curriculum and some other things where we're focused in on these uh, six core principles. And I want to start by saying that the more intentional we are, and that's being with the relationships that we have uh, with each other, um, with the growth that we have with each other, uh, the, the ability we have to uh, impact each other in conversation and engaging and challenging each other, uh, the better we're going to be and the more growth we're going to have uh, as a church. And I say that because I think if we're honest with ourselves, um, oftentimes we walk away from Sunday morning without making an immediate change in our life. Oh man, that was a good message. I, I mean, I get that quite a bit. Oh, great message. But if you're anything like me, uh, even in the message that I spend a decent amount of time crafting myself, my life, even when I walk away, relatively unchanged based on the impact that hopefully what I hope when I put in to the messages that you would uh, take out. So, uh, it, it, and we're instructed to meet on Sunday mornings and this is just a piece of it. And we'll be looking at that concept as well. Uh, but the principles uh, are meant for, these six principles and the six commitments we're looking at are meant to be lived out in our lives entirely. More than Sunday morning, more than, uh, you know, uh, maybe a Sunday morning in, in a small group on, you know, a couple hours a week. I mean, these are intentional core principles that we'll want to be uh, living out interactively in our lives everywhere we go and in all aspects of our lives. Uh, the goal of this series and uh, end in some group curriculum is for your personal growth, for your personal growth. Um, and come this fall, We'll have this opportunity linking it to this idea of ownership where you'll have the opportunity to then make a decision if you want to to become an owner here at CTK Sudden Valley. Um, and asking you if you feel ownership is something that you want to do and that just being the idea of I want saying I want to actively live out these six core principles in my life. That's something that I want to do uh, personally. Now it's a big ask because uh, ultimately, I know that uh, the majority of us in this room uh, can't say that we do all six of the principles that we'll be looking at. 
In fact, most of us probably can't even say that we do even three of the principles that we're going to be looking at. And that's why it's so important that we look through all six of these uh, principles and with any hope uh, through our Sunday morning gatherings, through group discussions, through the interaction we have and how relational we are as a church that we challenge each other uh, in, in many different ways. Uh, and, and then the offer of ownership being the next step. And be a step towards, and, and what the goal is in this is that we just take steps. You know, maybe we got one of these down really well. And then the goal would be to take a step and own a second one of these principles. And then a third, and then on into a fourth, and, until we get that. Now, I, I, and I know what you're hearing. Uh, you hear, well, man, ownership. I mean, that's membership, right? That's so great. We're, gonna, we're going to a church of membership now. And some of you are probably like, ownership, membership, that's a great idea. You know, there's ties to both sides of that. Some people are huge on the, the membership side and some people aren't. But I want to tell you, over these next six weeks, I'm going to do my best to define the difference that we want between what we're going to be calling ownership and what you might think membership is. So I'm going to encourage you, uh, especially next week. Next week, I'm going to draw a diagram that really rocked my world as far as uh, being relatively against the idea of, owner, of membership uh, in, in a church and, and why that is. Um, but I believe in our, in our context, ownership versus membership is going to be key. And uh, each week I look to further def define what ownership is and what that will mean as well as we look at these uh, core principles that we have. Um, because I, I honestly, like I said, I, I, I couldn't be more against membership and actually just more against culturally what comes with the idea of membership and, and what people culturally or uh, in, 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 a, in a setting like a, a mainstream church would be, would define as membership and, and the baggage that comes along with, with that. Uh, so I, I encourage you each week we'll look to further define that. Um, today I want to further define and launch into the, that concept as well as what we're going to look at today by sharing with you uh, my experience with, uh, with membership, my experience with membership, and that being, uh, if you didn't know, I've spent the majority of my working career with Costco, um, and uh, with Costco, when you are employed by Costco, um, you get, well, and, and actually, so just so you know, I spent, I still have 10 more years to work outside of Costco to, to half, half the time, I've, you know, I was with Costco for 15 years, and I've been five years separated from Costco. So I still have 10 more years until I get to equal uh, time away from Costco as I was with Costco. Um, but I, when you work with Costco, uh, you get a free executive membership, they call it. Uh, and, and I enjoy that perk very much. Uh, how many of you are Costco members? The majority of everyone in the room. Uh, so you get that. Uh, and so I have to say, I have to make a confession to you that uh, this past year, Heather and I uh, quit Costco. We got rid of our Costco membership. We are no longer Costco members. So 18 years I was a Costco uh, member, but we are no longer Costco members. So thank you, Amy, for picking up occasionally some of the stuff that you get from. And I think Sarah's done it for us as well, uh, picking up that big giant, uh, you know, pack of toilet paper uh, that you can get at Costco. Uh, but... He, Here's the deal with that. I could head down to Costco right now after church and, and, and become a member. 
I could give them my 55 bucks and my 100, and, or that's a regular member, and then $110 for the executive membership. I could head down there, fill out an application, sign my name on it, give them my money, and poof, I'm a member, right? And then I get the benefit of buying the 115 pack of toilet paper, the brick of nine volt batteries, the cheapest bananas in town, or the ability to, to uh, not get out of Costco for less than $200, right? That, that's the benefits that I have. Now, a lot of churches, that's membership, right? You jump on their website or you go to their, their church and you read through what they believe as a church. You say, well, I believe that. Okay, sign your name here. Take this one-off class. Then you're a member. And that's how it works. And then you're a member and, you know, then it, then it varies as to whether or not there's any accountability to living up to those uh, principles and concepts that they have. And so what our goal is in ownership is, is incredibly different. With ownership, yeah, uh, you know, come fall, we'll have an application. Uh, but that application will be for your benefit. It'll be a personal growth uh, tool for you to use that you say, man, I want to live these six core principles in my life. And am I doing that? And an ability for you to read over those things and, and look at them and decide uh, if that's, it's much like uh, we last two years we've done a spiritual health self, self-assessment. Uh, some of you have done that uh, when, when we promoted those the last two years. Uh, but much like that, where it's just a personal spiritual health self, self-assessment for you. And the idea of, and even most of the core principles are only measured by you. You're the one that gauges those yourself. They're really uh, up to you to determine for your uh, uh, self. And so, in the case of this idea of being in, or, or the idea of this new sermon series uh, entitled, I'm in, with ownership, it's gauging uh, your own personal relationship with Jesus, where you're at with him, uh, where you're at in growing that relationship with him, uh, and ownership being the ability to trust in that relationship and further believe uh, in that trust and, and believe as a church that if we, we, we even take these single steps, like if we all, let's say we all have a couple of them that we're doing well, and we all take one more step out of those six to, um, to develop in our lives, then we would, uh, in a sense, we would be taking the next uh, step to develop our impact as a church, both personally for you in your life, but also the impact we have in our neighborhoods as we reach further out, as we develop these core principles uh, in who we are. Uh, thus having more influence and more impact on the community and our neighborhoods and the people that are around us. And so for us this morning, it all starts with our first core uh, commitment, our first core principle, and that is consistently cultivating a personal, vibrant relationship with Jesus. So the question is, are you doing that? Are you in? Is your answer to that question, I'm in? I'm, I am consistently cultivating my own vibrant relationship with Jesus? Is your answer yes? Or maybe is it I don't know? Or maybe it is no, I'm not really. And so then the question becomes, well, what does that look like? What does that look like uh, to do that? Or what does it look like to even have a, a healthy, vibrant relationship? And I'd say that it looks like what a lot of us have, uh, have, um, have experience with is it looks a lot like a healthy human relationship, right? Any relationship we would, we would have with each other here on earth uh, takes, takes time. 
It takes intentionality. It takes communication. It takes priority in our lives, right? It's not just taking. It's actually giving to that relationship and being a part of something more than just yourself and investing in somebody else. It takes more than just hanging out on a couch on Sunday mornings for an hour, i.e. church, right? It takes more than just coming uh, for your hour on church on Sunday morning. It takes more than a, a token prayer at bedtime with your kids or praying over your meal before you eat at dinner only. I don't know if you pray over breakfast or lunch, but the idea of it's even, be, I mean, even in our house, it's become somewhat of a routine. It's more than that. That's, that's a lot like a, a Facebook like, you know, to Jesus. It's like, oh, and hit like, we're going to give him a thumbs up on a great day, a great post, right? And it with, thanks for this day, amen, you know? Um, it's, it's more than that. See, if we don't take the time in our relationship with God, it becomes unhealthy. And it becomes, we become what, we don't, we don't know where we're at. We don't know where God's at. We don't know what he's doing. We don't know what he wants from us. And we all actually know how hard an unhealthy relationship would be, right? We maybe maybe we'll come to realize that maybe we're not in a healthy spot with Jesus, but we all know what an unhealthy relationship looks like on earth, right? We have some of that, maybe with family members, maybe with other friends, maybe with coworkers, but unhealthy relationships are tough. And if we don't spend the time and be intentional with our relationship with God, it becomes unhealthy. Unhealthy relationship with God could look like some of the following. A casual relationship with God. This is a relationship where, yeah, you know what, I love Jesus. Jesus is great. I just don't want him to interrupt any of my fun. Or I just don't want him to interrupt this part of my life. Like, I get Jesus, and he's, he's a good good concept and a good idea, but I don't want him to interrupt that part of my life because when it comes down to it, I'm really God in my life, or at least in that area of my life. And But God becomes a problem as long as he doesn't disrupt my life. Or it could be a religious relationship is unhealthy. This is one that comes out, of, uh, comes out a lot when we're around other believers or just other people that act differently than the way we do. This is like a Pharisee complex. Right, where we uh, live by a list of do's and don'ts and judge other people by those do's and don'ts as well. Especially those that would call themselves Christians and they are acting a certain way and then we uh, have the relationship of where we're, we're, we're really religiously devout in who we are and what we want to accomplish. Another one would be a convenient relationship. And that's where uh, God is nothing more than a, a convenient idea Right? Your, your convenient idea of why things happen or why things are the way that they are. Uh, you know, the Bible is a great, great concept of explaining how everything was created and what happened, but it's not really real. It's like it just explains, it's a, it's a way of explaining why things are the way that they are. It's not living and active, it's not real. That God can be whoever you want him to be. Whoever you want him to be as long as it's convenient to you. And another one is an academic relationship. And that's where uh, we know a lot about God, but we don't know God. Like we maybe uh, got the concepts, we've read the Bible, and we know the concepts and principles that are in there, but we don't really know him. This is called like the, you maybe heard it before, the 12-inch gap between the knowledge you have in your head and your heart, letting it genuinely change your life. 
letting him really be active in who you are. But the commitment that we're looking at with this first core principle is that the commitment is to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And all the other examples we've looked at, uh, they're created by us. They're created by you in your life if you live some of those out in your life. In a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's, it's really nurtured and interactive and, and cultivated between the two of you. And actually, we don't have much control of it as, at all. We actually don't, uh, we don't play as big as a role as we would want to play in it. And it's when we take back control over that relationship with him that we actually go back into some of those other ones. A convenient relationship or a list of do's and don'ts. When we start to control it and, and, and depict what God is and isn't in our lives. A personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, we, take, we take Jesus' word at what it is. And we actually give it credibility in our lives. And we allow it to, um, to, to affect our relationship with him. We allow it to affect who we are. And that I can say in my life, it's, it's a constant development. It's something that we continually need to do over and over and over. A personal relationship is not something that is just met and then you don't pour into it anymore. You hit a level. No, it's, it's a continual development of who we are. A healthy relationship with Jesus is when Jesus is the most, is more important than anything. Is more important than anything. More important than your image. More important than... Uh, the plans that you have maybe made in your life, more important than your job or your career, more important than your car, more important than your own life or even your family. Jesus says in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciples. And that's a tricky verse. Because, I mean, we all know cover to cover, Jesus doesn't say to hate anything other than evil. And I would say that he doesn't consider, because Jesus cares for people, he knows people aren't evil. So he wouldn't tell us to hate our mother and our father. But the comparison there is that we should love Jesus so much, and he should be so important to us in our lives, that the way we love our mother and father, children, wives, you know, looks like hatred because of how much we love Jesus and how important he is in our lives. And I remember when I heard this, uh, this point first, because, I, man, I'm just like, no, I mean, I mean, and I care for my family a, a, a bunch. I care for my friends, I care, and, you know, so like, what does this mean? But what Jesus is saying in this text is something that I've actually prayed over probably the majority of. And I prayed it on the softball fields, and I prayed it when I'm gathering, because I heard it for the first time, that when we love Jesus, it makes us a better husband. It makes us a better wife. It makes us a better sister, brother, coworker, uh, employee, whatever it may be. It makes us better. So if we love him first, that's the, the end result of that. The end result isn't hatred. The end result is like, I love Jesus, and because of that, I hate other people. No, the end result is I love Jesus, and it, it makes everything else 
better. Having a personal relationship with Jesus makes us better in all the aspects and areas in our life. And, and Jesus, in his life here on earth, actually laid it out as a very clear uh, example for us to live by. And that is John 15, 12 through 15 says this. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friend. You are my friends if you do, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. And this is Jesus' example for us, that he laid down his life for us, that we would have a personal relationship with us. And if you catch that in that text, it actually says that because of that personal relationship and because of the work that he did on the cross, we have access in Jesus allowing us to know everything, all the business of the Father, all the business of God and what he wants and desires for us. If we put him in that friendship relationship role, there is no barrier. We have access to everything. And this is the example that Jesus gave us and how it's most important for us to cultivate a personal relationship with him, with him and to have him have influence. And what's, what's probably one of the hardest things about that for us is that a healthy relationship with Jesus means that you actually must deny yourself and devote your life. You must deny yourself and devote your life. Denying yourself being setting aside your own agenda, like we talked about. Choosing his mission over your own. Choosing his ways over what you think your way and your plan would be. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean denying ourselves doesn't mean to give up everything, wear a hood and live as a monk. Like it's, it doesn't mean to give up everything that's fun in your life. That's, that's not the definition of that. And it's, and it's hard work though because it actually means that you include Jesus in everything. And every decision that you make, you include him in it. And actually, he gets the last word. Which is a lot of times incredibly hard for me to let anybody have the last word. But maybe that's something you struggle with as well. But it means that you give him the last word on any decision and anything and on all aspects of your life. Matthew uh, 16 uh, 24 says this, then Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Deny yourself and take up the cross. Take up Jesus' way. Take up and believe in the work that he did for us. And probably equally hard, the concept is uh, a healthy relationship with Jesus means you must love everyone. You must love everyone. And he actually means Everyone. There's no exceptions to that. Dis despite whatever actions they have in their life, of which we all have our own, right? I just survived actually two weeks of, of family reunions. And I've realized that not everybody does it the right, not everybody does it the same way that I do it. And I've got to be all right with I've got to be all right with that, and I've, and I've survived that, and I realize that not everybody is perfect, including myself, and despite that, I have to, even if they root for the wrong football team, I still have to love them, right? 
We'll be living that out very soon as regular season starts up and the jerseys start showing up. But we have to love everyone. I have to love people, and we looked at it in the Taboo series, even if their political views are different than mine. Even if they believe differently than I, than I do. And, in, and all throughout Scripture, Jesus, and even in this case, Jesus is saying, we have to love each other. And I think that that's where we have to start, within the walls of this church. Like, if, we don't, if, we, if we're not able to love each other well, how can we love the people that are outside these doors any better than we love each other? So it starts here, but cover to cover in the Bible, it says everyone. And we're actually called to love everyone. And a healthy relationship with Jesus means that you know his word. And this is one that's probably equally as tough as any of the ones that we're looking at, right? This is the idea of that you actually are in the word of God. And that it's living and active, that you take uh, time out to read and know Jesus' word. John 15, in John 15 it says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And we've read this already. We don't know what Jesus' commands are for us unless we're in his word and know what he's mapped out, kind of this instruction manual as some people refer to it as. But if we're not in the word, we don't know it. I, I've called you friends for everything I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. Everything he learned from the father is in here. So we have direct access to it. So we have to be in God's word. We have to be. John uh, 8 31 says, if you hold my teachings, you are my disciples. His teachings are, his, are the Bible. His teachings are for us to uh, live and instruct by. And he's sharing that with us. And so a, a core concept of this personal relationship is being in the word. You have to be in the word if you call yourself a Christian. And I would say, man, even if you're not a reader, like, I've actually, it's taken a lot of time, but I've become more of a reader in these last five and a half years that I've been doing this than I ever were in the past. But even if you're not a reader, there's so many different venues and opportunities and, you know, audiobooks and, and all that kind of stuff that, you, I mean, even free online where you can just be in the Word. It's not an excuse. Heather knows I had excuses for years as to why I didn't do things actually that directly related to my personal relationship with Jesus. There's no excuse. You've got to be in God's word. A healthy relationship means with Jesus, and this is the last uh, point of that, is a healthy relationship with Jesus means giving it all. Giving it all. And I tell you what, I read through all of these. A relationship with Jesus must deny myself and devote a life. It means I must love everyone. It means I must know his word. I must give it all. And I think, I'm not in. I'm out. I mean, those are some high high bars for us to hit, for us to live up to in our lives. I'd actually like to lower the minimum standard of what it means to be a Christian and make it a lot easier, a lot less intrusive at least in my life. Um, but then I remembered that Jesus actually loved me more than anything. And he denied his right to kingship for me to save me, and he chose uh, the cross for me. Jesus devoted his life to save mine. Jesus loves us regardless of our past or previous relationship with him. 
or with anything. Jesus was and is the Word. Jesus gave it all so that I could have a personal and vibrant relationship with him. So Jesus' bar was really high, what he had to do for each one of us. So why would I think that the bar needs to be lower? Jesus is only asking for us what he did for us. And he calls us to do it within the bounds of this idea of friendship in, in relationship, a personal relationship, not through legalism, not through a, a set of rules that we need to follow, hoops we need to jump through. He did it through a life-giving relationship and friendship that we all have access to that is very interactive in what he desires for us, in loving, in caring. But if you look at it, it's a wonder why with culture today that Jesus, or it's not even, I mean, it's not Jesus' fault even, that, that it's a hard time for people of this world to become a believer, to really have that impact our lives. It's a wonder why, uh, it, it, why, you know, I mean, Scripture tells us there's two roads. There's a uh, narrow road where the path is hard, and that leads to eternity. But there's a broad road that Scripture tells us that actually leads to destruction. And I think what we've done, and I heard this concept uh, as we were discussing it this week as pastors, and I think what we've done is that we've tended to create a third road. And that third road is comfort. That third road is not challenging. Still, still leads to destruction, unfortunately, but for us, we've created this, this third road in the idea of, you know, whatever isn't intrusive in our lives, that's what God is. And I'm going to just kind of, we're going to lower the bar and we're going to just kind of coast on this third road. And I think with, with the concepts that we're looking at, even with ownership, is, yeah, I mean, like I said, some of these principles we're not even addressing yet in our lives. And that bar is high. But the bar is set that way so that we can have that interactive relationship and that, that our God who desires the best for us actually calls us to those standards so that we can live a life to the full. See, if we lower the bar, we're really robbing ourselves. We're robbing ourselves of what God wants and desires for our lives. We're robbing ourselves of the blessings and the riches that God has for us in the way that we ought to live, in the way that he wants to live in our lives. John 10, 10 says this, a thief comes only to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And the core principles we have as a church feed into that life that God and that Christ desires with us through a personal relationship with him. And it leads to eternity. The little snippet of time of our life here affects the grand lifeline of eternity for us and what God has called us to. So 
Where's your relationship at with Jesus? Where are you in it? Are you committed? Are you committed in that you're investing in it? And so as we close, I, wanna, I want you to address and ask yourself that question. Am I consistently cultivating my own vibrant personal relationship with Jesus? Let's pray.